Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub, two attorneys here with Pasha Law, practicing in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois. And this is where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that news. Legally Sound Smart Business, we've been doing this podcast for now, I don't know, I feel like it's been like five, (laughs) 10,000 years or something like that. Well, they're saying that, uh, I don't know if those numbers are accurate, but they're there's a recent story how the podcast industry is oversaturated, which I would probably agree with because now everyone and their pets have a podcast. When we started doing it, <laughs> it was pretty, I mean, we obviously, we weren't. It was novel at the time, yeah. but now it's like, okay, now everyone has a podcast, but hey, you know, we still get a lot of listeners. So, you know, why not? Yeah, sure. It's, you know, it's it's definitely something different. That's the thing. We <laughs> that the market's oversaturated, but there's not a lot of podcasts that offer up what you know, not in our category, category. I guess you could say, because probably because you know, not as everyone is care is as charismatic as you and I are. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Unlike other attorneys, we actually uh, have lives and want to do something else other than write contracts and review contracts all day. So. Um, maybe that's what it is, but we enjoy our work. So that's why I think we like yeah, no, com- no complaints. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so today, I, I, today's a tough topic because it's a little kind of technical, but so I, I don't want to make it too dry, but at the, at the same time, it's pretty relevant to so many of our clients in the sense, like this is a, a, a pretty prominent issue. And that is Raising capital for your company, whether you're an early startup or really well into your road, what are your options out there? And kind of talking about what's going on with uh, crowdfunding and kind of give a quick update in, in that regard as well. Sure. And uh, like you said, it's pretty, it can get pretty complex, pretty technical. So what we're going to do, I'll start off with a, a recent story that tangentially deals. Should we just start off by reading the statute <laughs> yeah. for the next... <laughs> Regulation 506B now, says. Okay, now I'm pretty it. sure. I'm going to say with pretty strong confidence, there's no podcast that does that. But I, I guess I could be wrong. <laughs> we could be the first. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a story, and you know, by the time this comes out, I, there might be an update. I you know, we're just kind of kind of waiting. There hasn't been anything recent in, in at least about a month or so since we're recording right now. But the the story I'm talking about, and maybe you, maybe the listeners saw it, it dealt with a, I'll try to summarize it here. It was a, a fairly young woman that was driving at night in Philadelphia, car ran out of gas. She didn't have any you know, way to, to get gas, any, I guess, no AAA, anything like that. So a homeless man happened to be around, and he had, I think, the only $20 to his name, offered to give it to her. She was able to buy gas, get home. You know, really nice gesture. Um, so what ensues from there is, I guess, what gets interesting. They, This woman, uh, Kate McClure, and her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, started a GoFundMe page to try to raise, at the time, it was $10,000, um, kind of as a, for this good Samaritan, this, this homeless man that gave his last dollars to this woman that was stranded on the highway. Um, so they started the page goal is 10,000. It, it got all the way up to over 400,000. That's four zero 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 zero. 
and they they stopped it at that point just because it was I think curtail it was just getting out of control. So yeah, for those of you not familiar, I mean, go how GoFundMe works. People, anyone can donate money. It goes in this pool as long as you hit your. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. As long as you hit your your goal, you get the funds, right? It's that is go yeah. from okay. minus their fees, right. of course. So yeah. they so they definitely hit their mark. Um, for, you know what, forty times over. Um, so the money goes to uh this couple, and basically they promise, you know, that they're going to give it to this guy. They promise him it's going to be put in a trust. They'll buy him a home. And you can imagine uh, it didn't go that way because we're talking about it now. Basically, the the couple I, they gave him some money. How much? It's it's uncertain. Um, but they essentially what appears to be spent almost all of it. Um, the the man eventually files a lawsuit against them, alleging uh, fraud, conversion, things of that nature. Essentially, you stole money that was rightfully mine. Is what he's saying. So yeah, and, and, yeah. And these these crowdfunding sites. I mean, I swear it's it's this story multiplied over and over again in the sense that someone raises a bunch of money and either the money doesn't get to them or the person that was asking for the money was committing fraud like you know they weren't actually sick or or what have you and so i mean it's 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 a prominent problem but from the legal perspective it's pretty basic right Mm -hmm. i mean look if you commit if you lie about what we're raising money for that's fraud and misrepresentation. If you collect money on someone else's behalf and then don't give them that money, then that's also pretty clear as well. You know, I, yeah. I, I know they have some kind of rat, maybe not a legal defense. They may have some kind of rational defense that, hey, this guy was going to use it on alcohol or drugs, or we did buy him things, but we were not buy, giving him cash. We were buying him you know, a home, for example, I think a, a mobile home or something to that effect. Yeah. Right? The, honestly, their, the defense is pretty weak. Um, cause you're, you're pretty much correct on what they're saying. So of the 400, they claim they gave him, uh, 200, that half of that 200,000 in cash, um, you know, item property, you know, personal property, and then other services, whatever that means. But they're saying that he spent it all or got rid of it all. Cause he has some drug problem, which would be a pretty extreme amount of money to blow through. Um, and there's also, you know, all these photos and, and evidence of them going places, spending this money. So uh, just real quick to wrap up the actual facts here, lawsuit was filed. Um, you know, they go, it's in the, it's civil suits filed, you know, in, in the process, eventually it comes out that they say that all the money's gone. Um, so at that point, the civil case, yeah, yeah, (laughs) the civil case was, was halted, um, because they're waiting for, it's basically the civil case is pending for the criminal case that's now being looked into. And the last update I saw was their, their attorney, I think it's now ex attorney says they'll likely be indicted. I assume for misappropriation amongst other things, but, um, their stuff was seized from their house not looking good for them and that's that's as far as we're we're at right now but hey at least they got that <laughs> money for gas yeah, it's true was was able to go home that night so that's that's a plus i mean unfortunately they're probably thinking i don't want to get too much of this but they're probably thinking no good no good deed goes unpunished but you know <laughs> it doesn't mean no good deed followed by bad deeds doesn't work either yeah, exactly <laughs> but of course these are alleged so who knows what happens exactly so so yeah so this is 
This is, of course, what I think is commonly considered as uh, not equity crowdfunding, but actually uh, donation-based crowdfunding. Uh, and so, you know, for businesses, of course, you know, there there are like Kickstarter type of models where you know you can raise money in exchange for you know uh, nominal consideration in the sense that you'll give them a, the product or what have you and help jumpstart your product. But they're not buying into your business and it's not quite donation-based uh, crowdfunding either, but it's it's close to it, right? Because I mean, I've seen on Kickstarter where, you know, whether it's a, or other sites like it, you know, you have a film project there, you're, you're not really getting your money money's worth back. So it's not necessarily a market consideration perspective. So there is a donation feel mm -hmm. to it. But So we're talking about more about capital raising on the equity side, which is a whole other world because typically the SEC doesn't get involved when it comes to these this donation based crowdfunding, right? Because so just I mean real quick comparison. Typically GoFundMe is raising you know its donations for a charitable cause. The Kickstarter is more so pumping uh, money into a company to to basically get them up and running and get them to the point where they need to be. But like you said no equities received for these funds. So that's that's why the SEC doesn't get involved because there's no securities being exchanged. Um, but then we get to the actual ways that, you know, you can do, what do we want to call it, like legal crowdfunding, um, where you actually do um, have people um, providing money in exchange for equity in these various companies. Yeah, so, and and I think... Because people use the crowdfunding term a little loosely, we get called every once in a while. I can't want to, you know, raise some money through crowdfunding, et cetera. But depending upon what you mean by that, it can get kind of complicated. Uh, so, really, the only way I think to break it down is to kind of go through the different types of raising, capital raises. Mm -hmm. And I think let's just start with the most traditional route. And uh, I think most people should be at least if they're not familiar with it have heard of this type, which is basically the typical, what what people would consider a Reg D filing. It, it's not quite that uh, because Reg D can also be referencing either 506B or 506C, uh, but the typical traditional Regulation D filing or offering, I should say, is under 506B as in boy. And that's where you are limited to uh, 35 non-accredited investors, unaccredited investor, investors, and unlimited accredited investors. But that's that seems to be the typical route. You have to do your PPM, your private placement memorandum. You have to do the certain disclosures. Very simple uh, filings. You know this isn't this is an exemption, so you don't have to register with the SEC uh, for for anything like that. It's it's pretty straightforward. And most law firms that have SEC experience have probably done a ton of these. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. That's when when people hear about uh, raising capital in this. Or, you know, outside the company, um, this is probably the, you know, what they're referring to most of the time, just because it's, it's the most traditional route. You do have that nice ability to have up to 35 non-accredited investors. So that's, that's pretty big. That's the opportunity for, to find people that might not have, you know, substantial assets or income and, and bring them into the fold. Um, and like you said, it's, you know, fairly straightforward. I was going to say fairly straightforward process, but as much as it can be straightforward in the sense of uh, you know raising funds, I guess. Uh, so, but the but the big drawback of five hundred six B is, of course, you can't publicize or market your uh, 
offering, you know, publicly. Mm -hmm. And, and so of course that, that really defeats the purpose of crowdfunding, because if you want to get a huge crowd, you have to, you have to market it accordingly. And so that's why when it comes to crowdfunding, everyone's looking at other offerings besides the traditional 506B offering. Right. So that's the, so we'll move on to, or kind of compare and contrast with 506C. So to me, there's, there's a couple, there's obviously more than a couple differences, but to me, there's a couple pretty big differences. The one you just talked about was the solicitation piece. This isn't directly to, this isn't marketed directly to the actual investors. I mean, this could be marketed over uh, the internet or some advertisement or TV or, you know, social media, even potentially Um, there's no limitations. It's a pure solicitation raise. Now, the trade-off is it can only um, be to accredited investors, which it's, uh, you know, not many people are, are accredited investors. I don't know if you have any idea of, of actual uh, numbers. Of a percentage-wise, yeah. Wise, yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, it's, it's just, just to kind of give you guys an idea, it's basically a net, you know, and just think of how many people do you know that have a net worth of more than a million dollars, right? right? Or how many people do you know that have a salary of more than what is it now? Um, is it uh, I want to say two hundred thousand? Uh, I think two hundred thousand. And then if you're married, yeah, it's uh, two hundred thousand. Uh, how many people do you know that have an individual income of two hundred thousand or more? Or if they're married, it has to be three hundred thousand dollars or yeah. more. And so, I mean, that's that's a small segment of the population. I don't know what percentage. I would assume, and you know, a minority, obviously. Oh yeah, I mean. I, it depends on the the pool of people we're looking at. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> worldwide it's a little bit different, but, but yeah, I mean it's it's not a it's not a huge <laughs> huge number of people. And so the and then the other big thing is, at least in my opinion, is you know under five hundred six B, the investors for the accredited investors they're able to self certify usually under. 506C, since all of them do have to be accredited, there needs to be some certification process, but you have to take some, I don't know that it's some reasonable steps need to be taken. I mean, it's, it's a more scrutinized certification process. You can't kind of just take, take their word for it in that sense, as opposed to the. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it but at the same time, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty straightforward right, still. Right. I mean, um, you know, you go through the investor questionnaire and things like that. Uh, but by the way, I just looked it up and. It's definitely less than 5% of the population. Some estimates I've seen 3%, um, 4%. It just kind of depends upon, you know, what stats you're looking at. That's, uh, you know, very small population. So, yeah, look look to your left and then look to your right and then do that 50 more, time, 50 more times. <laughs> three of those people will be accredited investors. Or, or just ra- randomly uh, collect 100 people in your room and three of those are going to be accredited. I, I like yeah. that better. Could That's also easier. work. Yeah, sure. Don't kidnap. Yeah. But yeah, so so 506C, I, I personally like 506C, and, and I think you'll we'll find out why, because even though you're limiting to accredited investors, if, again, it depends how much you're raising too, but it because you're limited to accredited investors, the 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 regulatory requirements and the hurdles that you have to go through is actually relatively so much easier than pretty much all the other exemptions. Uh, and so, uh, you know, just kind of tag that for a second. If you, if you guys are thinking, if anyone's thinking about doing some crowdfunding, 
yeah, you may want to expand it to you know non-accredited investors, but understand that there's you know as soon as you include those non-accredited investors, then you have other limitations. So you know, let's talk about that, how that works. Yeah, so we can move on to um, what's what's tagged as Regulation CF. Um, this is more the the crowdfunding aspect. So and it's similar to 506C in the sense that you know it's it's a more general solicitation. So this is marketed over the internet, but it's all done through primarily done through a funding portal. And and these portals have popped up since since this regulation has been acted, they've popped up everywhere and there's a bunch of them. Those portals themselves have to go through a process. Um I'm not t- particularly familiar with how how that works, but you know a lot of times, basically, they have to be broker dealers, you know, because they're basically acting as an intermediary. Mm-hmm. And um, and there are some other limitations because when you are actually providing the disclosures, they they require audited financial statements, for example, and other other disclosures that are mandated by statute and regu- regulation. Whereas, again, going back to the 506B, there is a memorandum that's typically used, and you do have to have certain disclosures. But and then on the 506C, which is for the crowdfunding, you pretty much are pretty open as to what you can provide. And typically, it's just a matter of what the market wants. I mean, you, you do want some sort of business plan. Investors want to see some kind of performance anyway. So, you know, in order to be taken seriously, you need to disclose something. But it's definitely not comparing that to the crowdfunding or regulation CF. It's it's definitely not as uh, cumbersome. Yeah. So, maybe thinking, well, what's sounds great. What's the, uh, what's the catch here? I think the big thing is the the limitation, the cap on on how much can can be raised, just the one million dollar limits. You know, obviously, million dollars isn't isn't nothing, but you know, it's when we're talking raising funds, that's it's a pretty that's not going to get you too far in the grand scheme of things for any any company with big aspirations. Yeah, but w- what's also interesting though is that unlike some of the other uh, the Regulation A, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You actually can do contemporaneously a 506 offering with the regulation CF. So just to kind of put that together, you could do a 506B offering, you know, people that you, you know, you solicit that, you know, I'm sorry, people that you know directly and, you, you know, identify as a credit investors or people that are interested in, in your investment, along with this crowdfunding portal. And that can actually allow you to, I believe it allows you to increase that those limits. Um, so in other words, the 1 million limit would just be limited to just the crowdfunding source. Yeah, it's like the uh, the jack-in-the-box of, of fundraising. It's like, well, I wanted to get burger and fries. I also wanted to get ta- a taco. It's like, well, you know what? Uh, you can do both of those at the same time because we have both of those options here. It just... <laughs> By the way, Matt, you do know you have to disclose if you're sponsored by Jack in the Box. Oh yeah, right? I'm definitely, I'm definitely not. No, I, actually, I don't think I've ever even been there. Now that I think about it, I'm just the commercials are on nonstop. That's true. They have the best commercials. They are good. But, yeah, uh, they definitely are good. But they, you know, and and so then on the crowdfunding, they also have limits on how much a particular individual can invest as well. And I mean, again, just to kind of give some understanding, that's basically, okay, the SEC is like, okay, if we're going to allow crowdfunding, we want to have some protections still, you know, especially if you're approaching non-accredited investors. And so basically the the limits are, they have uh, individualized annual limits of 5% of their net worth or income 
below 100,000 and 10% above 100,000 and then a floor of $2,000 and ceiling of 100,000. Um yes, that, that's yes. so that's pretty restrictive. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I think the idea behind this is a lot of um a lot of people in the pool together and you know, it's smaller amounts of money that's grouped together to get up to that know potentially one million dollar ceiling uh, again you know with, we keep in mind what we said before but you know just kind of that a soft cap of one million dollars yeah that's right so regulation a i i feel like a lot of people uh are when when crowdfunding the crowdfunding rules were proposed and adopted etc regulation a was a a popular topic of consideration and that's similar. Regulation A is actually split into tier, two tiers, tier one and tier two. Also a public offering. You don't have to go through a portal, so to speak. So it's a little bit different in that respect. But, but it has much more filings requirements. So that's the, that's the trade-off there. Yeah, and then the, you know, the, the caps are higher as well. Um, you know, tier one being $20 million annual limit, tier two being $50 million annual limit i think i believe there yeah there's limits on individual investment as well for that second tier 10 percent of income or net worth per per offering so you know there's it's definitely grows in size but like you said there's there's restrictions yeah and, and th- there's some little things too like the sec must review comment and declare qualified quote qualified before the sale so there is some kind of extra steps again i mean i just disclosure, we haven't we haven't done a reggae offering. It just doesn't hasn't really made sense for any of the clients that we've gone through. And and maybe, you know, maybe there is some out there, but it just seems like maybe it's right for a type of company and product that is only going to succeed in investment if you go to a pool of investors. But I'll tell you, I mean, typically if you have a pretty decent business uh idea or existing business with history. Raising funds from accredited investors or non-accredited investors, whether you're it's a public offering or not, uh, and public offering in the sense you know you're offering it publicly uh, or not, you know you can usually raise raise those uh, significant funds or adequate funds uh, fine without going through this process. Yeah, and that's the big thing is I think that's the reason we that's got that's that's the primary reason that you know you you just don't see these as much. One interesting point though, Reg A, I believe. Uh, it's the actual securities are free, freely tradable, which isn't you know as opposed to the the more the restricted securities and you know the five hundred sixes and even the regulation CF. Yeah, so typically they're restricted stock, meaning you know you you can't resell it with after, you know within one year and things of that nature, and and that could be appealing, if, especially if you know you're in a startup kind of world where the value of the stock or the units or the equity interest can fluctuate dramatically, uh, especially increase dramatically and in allowing those, uh, those uh, investors kind of cash in early if there's a you know, second or third round with a higher uh, purchase price. Exactly. I don't mean, I guess it, it, it could happen, but yeah, it still <laughs> seems like if, if that was the case, you'd, you, know, you would just have to be really strapped for cash in order to not want to ride that out. Or I guess if you thought it was just going to start crash all of a sudden but but yeah i mean usually once once it starts growing um in that sense you want to at least hang on for a little bit but i don't know 
And there's some other, and you know, th- these are the basics. And I think when you know when when most attorneys kind of go through this, these are the these are the differences. But keep in mind, there's some there's some advanced, so to call it, advanced or kind of deeper tier information that distinguishes between these two, these different types of filings. Like I'll go through them quickly, just in, just as an example. Like for example, if you have an investment company or what you know is considered to be a blank check company, these crowdfunding options are not going to be available to you. And you know, for example, a, an investment company where you're collecting money to invest into multiple uh, securities, for example, or properties, or a blank check company where you don't necessarily have a business plan, so to speak, um, uh, you know wouldn't be allowed in these options. Yeah. So I think we're now ready to enter the shark tank and we can offer up, I think we'll do 150,000 for 10% of this podcast. Hmm. That sounds appealing. Yeah. And the, so we the could, first thing I'll ask is, do you have any sales? And we'll say, well, it's a podcast. Uh, so not really. And, and we have a bunch of sales. <laughs> we just sell hard copies of the podcast. So, <laughs> Very good. So yeah, I mean that's I think that covers it from top to bottom. I don't know every detail. We didn't cover every detail, but uh most of it. Yeah. Uh I mean if people were interested in we gave we gave the audience a little bit of everything, the ways to raise money, and then also if you want a good story. Um this one's kinda it's pretty interesting. I'm I'm interested to see how that one plays out with the the couple that ran that GoFundMe page, but so I've it sounds like they're going to jail, and most likely that homeless guy is no longer going to be, or still going to be homeless because he's probably not going to get his money. I hope his attorney took it on contingency. That's no, all. It was, uh, well, to talk about, I mean, the, yeah, the attorney bono. was pro bono, and then the from what I read, the attorney for the the couple is no longer their attorney. He withdrew. I, right? Yeah, I assume yeah. he withdrew, and because he said he, they're most likely going to be indicted. So. Not great uh, coming from your former attorney, but I don't know what the what the actual result, you know, how how in danger they are of, well, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what they do with the money and we'll find out. Well, thanks for joining us. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.